0: Okay, so uh, before we begin, just a quick note. Um, Mark and I have taken the editorial decision to um, stop putting in like music and film clips and stuff at the start of the show. Um, it's kind of, it sounds really lazy, but it's just because we're getting the show out like nearly a week after we actually record it at the moment. And it's kind of every little helps with trying to get the show out faster now obviously it doesn't apply this week because uh, we recorded this last sunday the uh, the 15th and i'm only just putting it up on saturday the 21st um but hopefully in the future considering there's literally going to be about 10 minutes work involved in actually uploading the episode you'll probably get it quicker um if anyone's particularly disappointed by that let us know but i got a feeling you probably won't be um but yeah um it's never been the most polished or produced show but um uh i like to think it's part of its charm you may or may not agree with that but anyway um yeah i'm editing the show this week so i thought i'd just put that out there we might might talk about it a bit more in the next week's show i don't know but anyway uh on with the show um i seem to remember it's a good one uh like i say it was nearly a week ago so who knows but uh here we go Hello there, and welcome to episode 135 of Dude and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Uh,
1: Matt Foster. Hello, guys.
0: Yes, and um, yeah, we're going to get on with it, because uh, my my fault. Um, we had a minor lotty related incident, and then my computer took ages to turn on, so we are starting a bit later than was uh, planned. So this week, we are going to be talking about Steve Jobs, the Danny Boyle-directed um Oscar was a front-runner until it opened in the US, and it kind of... disappears so who knows what it is now but we'll Mm. uh we'll be talking about that we'll also be doing the second part of Ian and Mark play with their lightsabers with uh episode two attack of the clones gotta say thanks to uh uh Steve at TGP 73 for um shutting Mark up um (laughs) on some uh force-based logic um which entirely makes sense to me so it does uh,
1: actually I I will hold my hand up as I I said if if somebody can Send me, send us a sort of word of, of, of make sense of it, then I will I will happily concede defeat on that one. And what he says does make sense.
0: So basically, Darth Maul can't ha- just be like force pushed off that thing because he's strong with the force himself. Exactly. Yeah, which
1: which makes sense.
0: There you go. So so, yeah, wait, no, it <laughs> so uh, we'll be talking about Episode Two: Attack of the Clones in a bit. We'll also do some what we watched and whatnot. But we'll uh, we'll kick it off. Um, Anything generally happening, Bud, or should we trailer talk it? Um,
1: well, uh, well um, there was the the Shia LaBeouf thing, but we have a question about that, so we'll deal with that later, I would think.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um uh,
1: than that, no, I think it was it was oh, it was a pretty quiet uh, week in the the world of film, was it really?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah, it, it seems like stuff's kind of starting, like news is starting to slow down in the run into Thanksgiving and Christmas, so uh, yeah. We're getting into that lovely, lovely time of the year again. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just been, I bought Fallout 4 and I played it for two hours and thought, nope, that's not for me. And uh, off that went on eBay. <laughs> um, and uh, I started playing Shadow of Mordor again. Um, I had been playing it. That game's very fun. You get to chop off a lot of heads. <laughs> um, that
1: does sound like a, an alarming amount of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 not too shabby. So uh yeah, but I actually watched quite a, quite a few films this week as well. So we shall get into it. Um, so yeah, trailer talk. Um, uh, have you got anything on the docket this week, bud?
1: Uh, a couple. Um, I watched the trailer for uh Finding Dory, um, and it, it it just it. Well, do you know what do you know what it looks like? This this is gonna fucking blow your mind. It looks like a sequel to Finding Nemo. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not as big a fan as Finding Nemo. As many people, this just looks like it's going to be the same story, but with Dory replacing Nemo. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Um, The new Red Band, uh, the second Red Band for the night before, um, it it looks like it's going to be fun um whether or not it can maintain how fun the trailer makes it look for what i'm guessing will probably be about 110 minutes Mm. um i have no idea uh so there was that uh and the final one i watched was uh i sent you a picture during the week i think uh a poster actually uh for a french film called the lady in the car with glasses and a gun
0: yeah okay
1: um Uh, I can't remember what I put, but I basically just essentially put that this is incredible. (laughs) The poster is incredible. Um, It is currently my screensaver on my phone. Uh, For anyone who has not seen the poster for this uh, little-known French film, uh, it is essentially like a a white background with red letters saying the lady in the car with glasses and a gun, which is actually a remake of a 70s film, but it's an incredible title for a a film. And then there is an incredible Attractive uh, red-headed lady uh, Walking next to it Wearing what just seems to be a coat uh, Heels and nothing else, carrying a gun Do you uh, like,
0: more 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, literally, it literally is And I just went, as soon as I saw that post like I don't care, I don't care As long as that woman walks looking like that At one point throughout the movie It will be the greatest movie of the year
0: <laughs>
1: And I knew nothing about it I watched the trailer for it uh, Earlier today And do you know what? Right, there's no speaking at all in the trailer until the last second. It is just a lot of scenes from the film. Mm. And after it finished, I thought, I, I, I cannot fucking wait to see that movie. Nice.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, there was that. Uh, beyond that, um, nothing really. Is there that you've watched that you're going to say and I'm going to go, oh, yeah. No, nah, mate. Look, as well.
0: Nah, I mean, like, the new TV ad for Force Awakens, but, you know... Mm. There you go.
1: Forces, forces are awakening everywhere right now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that was about it, to be honest. Um, I mean, the night before, I'm quite looking forward to it. it. It it kind of looks like... I mean, the story of that film is not just Seth Rogen going off his nut on drugs, is it? Because No. So it's kind of weird that the trailer's so heavily focused on that, but I, I don't know. The baby Malvin fuck you to him made me laugh, so. Yeah. <laughs> it did me, <be>, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um so, yeah, why not? And uh, The Finding Dory one, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? But this, yeah. this year we've had Inside Out, and The Good Dinosaur's are supposed to be not as good as Inside Out, but still pretty solid, so if we got two solid original Pixar films this year, I think I can kind of forgive them Finding Dory next year. Yeah. Um and, you know, who knows, it might be, it might actually be good. Um you, you know,
1: never, you never know, never I,
0: know. I mean, like, Pixar have an okay track record with sequels, like the Toy Story Trilogy, fantastic, Cars 2, Wretched, Monsters University, eh. you know, so they're they're kind of halfway for me, so who knows, but yeah, that's it for me as well. Um, Right, that was easy, so... (laughs) uh, uh let's well, spray. yeah man fucking hell um let's get into it then so um Steve Jobs is directed by Danny Boyle and written by Aaron Sorkin and stars Michael F Aspender um Kate Winslet Seth Rogen uh John Ortiz uh Michael Stuhlberg uh Jeff Daniels um the girl from Predestination it was nice to see her in something um Sarah Snook I think her name is uh, which is a fantastic name yes. um and um uh, it's kind of a. Is that a spoiler for Predestination? Have you seen Predestination?
1: I've uh, not, no.
0: Oh, okay. The Ethan Hawke time travel thingy oh, that the, the Spirit yes. Brothers put out. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was the Spirit Brothers. Think Um, it was, yeah. Yeah. um, Anyway, um, that you should watch that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. um, uh, It was my list. She's really good in Predestination, and it's it's cool to actually see her in something big. So good for her. Um, She was the uh, the, not a big role. She was kind of like the the, almost like the kind of the stage manager. Yeah, she
1: was. She was. She was very good in it. Actually, I thought.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have much going on there. But when she's like trying to control like shit between. Um, him and Seth Rogan towards the end you know and she's just being really helpless with it I thought it was pretty good but um, so uh, Steve Jobs is based on the authorised biography by Walter Isaacson and um, it, it's essentially kind of like um, artificially semi-authentic recreations of uh, like the, the the half an hour or so leading up to a big presentation for Jobs one in 84 one in 88 and one in 98 I want to say Uh, Yeah. So uh, it basically the through line of it is his relationship with people close to him. So his kind of press secretary uh, played by Kate Winslet, his daughter um, played uh, kind of in varying. I don't want to be disrespectful, so I want to get their names. But um, also his uh, CEO and then ex-CEO played by uh, Jeff Daniels um his uh his mate was played by Seth Rogen and a kind of a chief engineer played by Michael Stolberg and uh yeah okay so his daughter Mackenzie Moss as a five-year-old Ripley Sobo as a nine-year-old and Perla Haney Jardine as a 19-year-old mm. there you go um yeah and uh it's basically his interactions with them it kind of gives you an insight into the type of man he was um what do you think Mark?
1: when uh it's it's, a, it's been a very troubled uh, production we'll say steve jobs um it's you know it, it's had a couple of directors attached and a couple of uh actors attached to it um when it when it's on and when it's when it's when it's good it's very very good uh there are not that many points where it's particularly bad but i did come out of it almost feeling a little bit like I'd watched the first three episodes of what would be a really fucking good T V series uh or mini series but there was more there should have been more to it. Uh it is it's staged, I think, more like a play than it is a film. Um which is quite interesting actually the way it's actually it's actually staged because essentially you're in you're in three different time portals really um like you say the um eighty four eighty eight and um ninety eight and you're actually really only in in sort of um three different places and yes, they might move around ever so slightly within those places, but it's not like we're bouncing around from countries and from different um sort of you know the apple campus to his home to blah and blah and blah there are a few kind of sort of flashbacky scenes in there but it is quite a sort of contained movie um i i don't the only reason i can figure out why it's it's bombed is because people have wanted it to bomb um because underneath it all there's actually really a really really good film there to be honest um I, i'd like am interested to hear your thoughts on it certainly
0: uh i i well personally i loved it um i didn't i didn't feel like it felt like a mini series at all so that's interesting it
1: not in a, not in a negative way just in a way as uh, uh, in a way that when it finished i was i was very much going do you know what you kept me incredibly entertained um for two hours if you'd throw another hour at this Easily would have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have suffered from it. I would have easily been on board with it.
0: I agree with that. I, I mean, I I could have watched it for hours to be honest. Yeah,
1: that's, it wasn't a, I didn't mean as a a negative way. I just felt like, hang on a minute. That was, you know, the performances were that good. The, the direction is, 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 is solid and interesting and the, the script is fantastic. You know, why haven't you given me more?
0: Well, I think, it, I don't know, I think it's slightly hamstrung by its structure, the fact that it is, like, it's, it, it kind of starts when they're needing to actually kind of open the doors and get people in, each section, mm-hmm. I mean, and, yeah. and then it kind of goes on there. So it's, it's slightly hamstrung by, it, it, like, the constraints that Sorkin has actually put into it himself. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, the through lines in this film feel complete and it's interesting i don't unlike jobs the ashton kuchner film i don't really view this as a as a biopic it's more just a a, a look into his life where nothing is really concluded Mm. um you know you you know these aren't like the last interactions these people have you know that they continue on like in real life and I, I suppose it because we knew that in real life it, it kind of makes it easier to kind of settle into the fact that nothing's really kind of closed off within the film whereas if it was a normal narrative film you might be a little bit like well that's just leaving things open-ended I'm not too sure how I feel about that here it's just like yeah, yeah because it it was what it was but I think what it sets out to achieve at the start in terms of its narrative I think it's accomplished by the end um I like that Boyle doesn't get in the way. Um, he, he. I think he shows restraint, but he still puts in his little flourishes when, when he wants to. Like the kind of the stuff projected um, right. on the walls a couple of times. I quite, I quite like that. The um, like the lyrics at one point, and then the um, the thing about the uh, the shuttle blasting off.
1: Um, yeah, there's also that 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 slanted photography that he does quite he's quite a Boyleism, I think.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So I mean, he gets his kind of things in there as well. I, I I I I would say it it does feel like it maybe was a bit of a journeyman one for Boyle, and it kind of was.
1: Well, it was. I mean, he's he's been very distinct by his absence in the PR for it, really. It's, you know, all, all I've... I mean, I haven't read that much about it, to be honest, but all I've read from Boyle, essentially, is, it, is him saying that he kind of made this film on the rebound for his um, Bowie-inspired musical getting knocked back. Yeah. Um, that
0: that made me laugh, by the way. Like, he starts developing a Bowie-inspired musical, but doesn't actually think to ask Bowie if he could get the rights to the music first.
1: Yeah, That's yeah. Amazing. which Which, which... When I read it, I thought that that just seems so kind of typical of of, of Danny Boyle, who is you know whenever you see him in, in in interviews, he's a you know he's a great person to have in the, the British film industry. That, that isn't a criticism of Danny Boyle. He's a you know he's a he's a very good filmmaker. There's no getting away from it, and he seems like quite a an affable character. You know when you see him in interviews, he clearly he, he loves film and he loves what he's doing, and he's he's clearly got that kind of artistic thing, but you do get the idea that he would go, I've got an idea, and write it all down, and then somebody's gone to him. I just out of curiosity, Danny, do you know if we can even get the rights to these songs? Oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, he'll love it, he'll read the script, and he'll love it, and it'll be brilliant, and then someone's gone, do you know he's probably not going <laughs> to? Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I've seen, whereas I've seen quite a lot with, with Sorkin, and it does almost feel a little bit, a little bit like this is an Aaron Sorkin movie that Danny Boyle has directed.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I kind of think that's fair enough. But I mean, I, I think it kind of shows that maybe Danny Boyle is is maturing a bit. I mean, Trance, I really liked Trance, but that is a film where it does kind of feel like he was just trying to get back to what he was doing in the mid nineties in terms of visuals and yeah, you know, that, trying to be edgy and intense. And yeah, I,
1: I, that, that did feel like a film that could have been made in nineteen ninety eight.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it was based on a TV movie from like earlier. So I, you know, so I, I wouldn't be kind of surprised there frankly um but i mean i i I mean you know obviously with sunshine danny boyle could like be caught fucking a pig and i'd still love him you know so um it it is what it it is what it is there but i i think he does a perfectly solid job but i don't think it's any surprise that no one's talking about him getting like best director nominations or anything like that you know um
1: no yeah yeah but yeah there is the but it is a real... like you say, I think the restraint things are very, a very, um, good, big point about that. It is, it, it, manages to build up tension. This is, essentially, this is a film where the majority of the time it is people talking at each other.
0: I mean, this is, the, and this is the thing, like, you know, Boyle has to get these performances out of mm-hmm. these people. And I think he, he does that really well. I mean, like, Seth Rogen's performance, I thought was wonderfully complicated where you've got this, like, affable, Guy who kind of just wants everybody to to get along, but you know at the end it's kind of slightly revealed that I, I he kind of made the fact that he thought of himself as as more than Steve like Steve Jobs in terms of his ability and whatnot, and he 's always been in his shadow and that final confrontation I thought was kind of fascinating really, um mm. and earlier on as well the free pass thing and the like the why is it that you give me a free pass and even though what jo- what you know from Jobs's point of view you could you could see why he would say that because of what was did actually say in the media you know yeah. so i mean it's but then again you know the fact that Jobs thinks that was was put up you know put up to it and that kind of indicates what he thinks it was i mean the the power play Thing between those two there is is really interesting and yeah I don't think was kind of gets off scot free with it like at the end I didn't think solely old oh, poor Steve Wozniak because he maybe he should have actually been kind of saying this stuff in the years before where getting the mention for the Apple II team would have probably would have actually meant something I mean like that last time that he actually asked for that mention. I, I mean, frankly, I was thinking, why the fuck would Steve Jobs call out that team now at this event for the iMac when you're talking about something from like over a decade ago? Yeah, and it, 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 it and they don't even make point. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just this weird pride point that I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm assuming this that the idea that he did actually want him to do this back in '98 was true because. Otherwise, it feels like a weirdly artificial thing to put in that he's still got this bone to pick with him about this issue still all these years later. So I'm assuming that's just true. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: It, 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 so yeah, I mean, I, I I I thought Rogan was really fascinating, and I mean, Michael F. Aspender. I mean, what what he's doing here. I mean, no, he doesn't look anything like Steve Jobs, even though in the '98 period, I, I, you know, I thought, yeah, it's, you know. You know what, with the glasses and with the thin hair, why not? Um, but I didn't once think for a second that he wasn't Steve Jobs. I thought no, he, he, he pulled it off really well. It didn't feel like he was doing an impression of him; it just felt like he was playing him.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the thing about fastbender now is you—he's you, he's so consistently good um, that you go into it going, "Do you know what? We're safe with this. We're safe with with Fassbender being Steve Jobs. He's going to do." At least a very good role. And he does a, a fantastic role. He's, he's very good. He gets across that, that kind of, that ultimate arrogance and confidence and self-belief and also, but there's a level beyond it of not only self-belief, but belief that, that he, even when he's wrong, he can convince people he's right.
0: Yeah, I mean that, the, the whole thing about the, um, being, the, like I play the orchestra, Mm. You know, it's such a kind of ephemeral idea, but it makes sense, and it it makes sense with this performance here as well. And I mean, the I, I I don't know. I mean, even though it's not that much of a part of it, I thought some of the stuff I actually kind of found out about Apple when it was really interesting. The idea of like the closed system of Apple mm. and how that still survives today,
1: and the yeah, and the stuff like the the tools.
0: Oh my need, god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was when, fascinating. when
1: that drops, there's there's bits where you go, ah, huh. you know, and there's bits around it like that um, that are wonderful. There's 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 some, you know, the exchanges in this movie are, are fantastic. There's, there's a magnificent one with uh, with Jeff Daniels where they're just before the eighty eight uh, one there, oh, and how the long hallway, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, how yeah, Boyle's yeah. building that up with that with the soundtrack and how they're just essentially this is. This is two guys just facing off against each other and one of them knows the power, uh, realizes that the power has shifted during that conversation, that it's, it's shifted and it's moved and that, you know, that he's, he he's started the conversation, sat down thinking he was in control of it and he was going to win this and he was in the power play. And then in the, the sort of the motion of a conversation, it flips round. And they com- and it, it even flicks round to where Jeff Daniels was sat and where Steve Jobs was stood. They're actually by the end of it at opposite ends, yeah. and that power is completely gone. Where he essentially realises he's just played into Jobs' hands and that he's going to destroy him. And he not only is he going to destroy him, he's not even enjoying it, but he's reveling in it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's, it's a really really fucking great seeing that
0: so then i mean like when you get the the, the, the scene between them in in, in the third act it, mm. i don't know i think it kind of says something amazing about the fact that steve jobs was a kind of the arrogant egotistical prick that he was you know he's human and he understands the concept of water under the bridge so and he's he's able to do that with jeff daniels and also because jeff daniels is kind of Working with him and he kind of admits he's wrong, whereas with Seth, Seth Rogan, or was, it's it's not water under the bridge. It's still festering. Was won't let it lie. Um, you know, whereas Scully kind of admits, yeah, I was wrong. Even though it made me laugh though, like, um, uh, Steve Jobs saying, you know, the problem was the stylus. Yeah. And, um, and now you've the got the Apple, Apple Pencil. Pro-
1: yeah, yeah, that did make me go, you kind of think that once. And I mean, from from Jobs, the, the everything that you get from him. Once an idea was set in his head, no matter what, that's what the idea was. So if his feeling was we're not going to have that because, and it's the thing that he says, you know, it, it means you can't use the other five that are attached to your wrist. That, that if somebody in Apple would have said to him, you know, if he was still around, I'm going to do this, he'd have gone, what, no. But he's pretty, he's, no. And he just walked out of the room.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the force of personality is, is, is incredible. I mean, that early scene where he's threatening um, Hertzfeld. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that... I, I it's, it's, it's kind of chilling, really, just because, you know, it's not like the threat of physical violence. He knows what is the worst thing that he could do. And it's just to say on stage, yeah, that that broken demo was made by Andy Hertzfeld. You know, it, it, I mean, it's... I don't know, it's, it, I, I just found all that stuff fascinating, but you've got the sore, exchange, uh, you know, exchanges all over there and kind of like the funny little, like the, the funny little comments and things like that. But I mean, like also some really like, like massive kind of dick punches, like, um, Andy Oswald yeah. at the end of the film where he's just like, he's saying, oh, you know, I always hated you. And like Steve Jobs is like, that's a shame. I always really liked you. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 it's just, the way that the only way that Steve Jobs can kind of give praise is when he's attacked and the praise is being used as a form of attack. You know, I, I, I mean, it's, it's amazing.
1: It is. I mean, it, it's, the thing is, it'll open up, um, for, for people who are sort of beyond vaguely interested in, in Steve Jobs as a person, um, the idea that he was a bit of a dick, uh, is not news, but, to a wider world, it, it might be a little bit of a news of, of, of how much of a dick he had the potential to be. You know, there is also a, a sign of him where people will say he also had the potential to be an incredibly nice man. Uh, and not he wasn't a prick all of the time. He was actually quite a lot of fun some of the time. It's just he could turn. But he was seemed to be very well aware of that there's a great line in the, in the, in the film where he, when he's talking uh, um and here's what he says you know it, it's it's not that i um i try to make people dislike me it's just i don't care whether or not they do
0: yeah yeah um, i mean it, it's speaking of that i mean i, I re-watched um uh social network before this mm. and the kind of th- those similarities i mean like the whole thing with um uh, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he's told at the beginning, um, you know, you're, you're going to go through like, like think, think, thinking people don't like you because you're a, a, a nerd and it's not, it's because you're an asshole. And then at the end, Rashida Jones says to him, you're not an asshole, um Mark, you just really want to like, make people think you are. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, the similarities between the two, I, I mean, between the two characters is really, really telling and it feels... It's kind of weird that Sorkin's done Steve Jobs because he also did The Social Network.
1: It is, yeah. And, and, and the fact is that, you know, he he went into, um, you know, um, both of them knowing, he says, knowing very, very little um, about, you know, he said they knew very little about Mark Zuckerberg. And he said that when he went into um, Steve Jobs that he, he, he knew very little about Steve Jobs. Mm. It, it, it's more the... It, it was more the ideas uh, and the structures that, that attached into it. And I saw a interview with him. or in an interview with him where he, he was saying um, that it, the reason why Steve Jobs fascinated him was because he he created the idea of, of these these products, and the fact that people get so passionate about these products these disposable things and he said you know the strange thing is he said i have a he said i have an ipad uh i have a mac and i have an iphone i am never not in my life without an apple product he said and the the simple fact is i couldn't care less that these are apple products but for some reason not only do people really really care that these are Apple products. You've got the other side of that and you've got people who really, really care that other people like Apple products to the point of where they despise Apple products because of it. And this guy created that. You know, that's, that's what he did. He, he created that. This, this almost cult of Apple yeah, is it, incredible.
0: Yeah, no, quite. I mean, I, it, I mean, that's the interesting thing. I mean, this, this film's not really very concerned with talking about how people loved Steve jobs or anything like that. It's, it's all, I mean, it's about the man himself. And I mean, the, 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 you know, there is some tech talk there, but I I don't know. It's more about relationships, which, and it kind of, it makes him seem more human and whole as a result, I think. And, um, I mean, I got to say as well, I mean, all his interactions with the, the 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 girls who played Lisa, I thought were were great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like really quite touching. I thought. Um,
1: Chiefly, I think I think the first ones when she's five.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you you can. I mean, like obviously it didn't actually happen like this, but the the way that like her playing with the computer is the thing that kind of unlocks the key to his heart or something. I really I really liked that and. I've got to say, when, you know, he gives uh, the the printout of that picture at the end, I did actually tear up a bit. Yeah. You know, you know I mean, I, I thought that was a really, really nice moment. And, um, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, there's a sense of artificiality to, to quite a lot of it. But I think that the staginess of it kind of makes you more OK with that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought those interactions were great. I thought his interactions consistently with... Um, with that um character were, were fantastic right, as yeah. well. Um, I think you mentioned it. Her her flickering accent was
0: a little bit. Uh, apparently, that's based on real life. All yeah, right, that's what Brad tells me. Uh, uh, Brad Porter, um, friend of the show, uh, kind of friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a friend. <laughs> yeah, he's a friend. Um, yeah, no, he said that. It apparently it was like in later life for some reason her accent became more pronounced even though again also apparently in real life she wasn't even around for the 98 bit oh. so again it's just and and i mean like her key kind of role in the 98 bit is to kind of like cajole him into uh, interacting with his daughter so in a way i suppose that kind of Weirdly makes sense, but it d- certainly doesn't feel like she's she's just been artificially popped in there, you know. So it's like the artifice of the film. I think it, it's it it's all forgivable for me for one reason or another, and that's probably because I liked the film so much.
1: Do you know why? Do you know why I forgive it completely for those? Yeah. Because the mistake that you can make um, is. Going into this film is thinking that you are going to watch a Steve Jobs biopic. It's not a Steve Jobs biopic. It's not a film that tells you the story of Steve Jobs' life. It's a film that gives you essentially three snapshots and saying, look, this is this is what moulded you know this man. This event here, getting knots on his ass, this event here where he Essentially, tricked everybody That's, into
0: getting I, that, yeah, back into that, that conversation between him and Kate Winslet when he kind of reveals that. that yeah. Oh, that was amazing.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then, and then the third one is him, the, the start of him essentially being there and going, do you know what? I've cracked it. I've cracked it. What I intended to do 10, for well, 14 years ago, I've cracked now. And that that computer was the start of of where Apple is now. Yeah. It was it was what gave him the the finances and the confidence and the you know that the ability to use his bravado to essentially go we're gonna make an iPod and and then you know the fucking stratosphere opened for Apple. You know they became you know the the, the Fucking biggest company of, of, of all time there's no getting away from it you know their their brand worth I think there's something insane or a thing where Forbes did a I think where they calculated the brand worth the top ten companies in the world um, and if you took numbers ten to two and added them all together oh, and number two was Microsoft yeah. took them and added them together, you still wouldn't get apple's brand worth.
0: And they don't even like sell people's data. They don't and even make money through that. And it's, it's just it's, hardware and software. It's
1: crazy. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's amazing. They don't. They don't actually even sell that many products. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, they don't sell that many products. Not when you consider. I think um, Nike were about number six or seven on that. And when you think about the sheer amount of products that Nike sell, and then you put it up against something like Apple. Nike probably sell more fucking, more socks or sweatbands, different types than Apple sell products. Sure, yeah. Yet, there is not a single Nike product in my house, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Apple products.
0: Yeah, I mean, like there's... Apple products in my house and I'm the only Apple user in the house
1: mm, it's, it, it, it's insane, I've had, every, I've had every iPhone and I despised the first iPhone
0: <laughs> I, uh, That's the thing, like, I only moved over to iPhone last year and I, I'm never going back I mean, like Apple would have to do something insane to to get me to switch back to Android now Hmm. And um, um, like the thing is, the Apple tax, I'm ju- I just I'm okay with it, which is weird.
1: i found it. I'm it. I bought an Apple TV, and I quite simply use it as a media streaming device. But do you know what? It works spectacularly.
0: It's, as
1: okay. as uh, for, for what I use it for, um, so there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I, 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 yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I don't know what it is about Apple. I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but it's just it's stupid shit. Like, I, I don't know, like the way magazines work on iPad that just don't work like that on Android. And I, I mean, like the way that Apple TV, like the Siri thing, versus Chromecast. You know, a Chromecast is great, and it's cheap. But Apple TV is better, yeah, but it's also a hundred quid more. Mm. You know, so it just, I don't know, I, I like, I, I think Apple, but apart from maps, do everything just as well as, if not better than Google, and yes it costs more, but it is also better.
1: Yeah, but do you know what? The, uh, the Chromecast, right, looks like that if I accidentally, I don't know, dropped it or something like that, it'd break. Whereas uh, the Apple TV box looks like I, I, I could, I could attack somebody with it and then still be able to use it afterwards.
0: Oh man, yeah, you, yeah, you could, I think you could like bash somebody's head in.
1: You could Apple quite TV. literally, you could quite literally, if somebody was trying to steal your Apple TV, you could get it off them first, smash their face in repeatedly, and then sit back down and watch a film while you're waiting for the police to arrive.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. On it.
1: Yeah. And it'd be fine. Whereas, I think if you did that with a Chromecast, it'd just, it'd split. There'd be, there'd be like, brains and stuff. You'd, it'd be awful. You'd get stabbed before you'd killed them.
0: I think it's definitely what Steve Jobs was thinking about.
1: Uh, but, well, yeah. Clearly. Clearly, home safety.
0: Absolutely. Um, I, well, obviously, I think we've come to the end of this review, so um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm definitely not shit. It will be in my top ten this year. Even though I will say I'm finding less five out of fives this year than in previous years.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think we've said this previously. Uh, I've said that there's been I think we said this not last year but the year before. Where we said there's there's been a lot of kind of. Four out of
0: five.
1: Oh yeah, a shitload of eight and nine out of ten. Yeah, but that's only five. But but we're we're getting into. But then again, we are we are actually what in the third week of November. So you know, I think we were saying that this time at last not last year before in sort of September time. But now we're into sort of November. I I will say, yeah, it's definitely not shit. It it will it will be troubling my um, uh, top ten of the year. I I would say as well. Um, It's. It's also, it, it fucking flies by. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it was two hours long.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't. It was, it was, it, you know, it, it just, it absolutely pedalled past. Um, I, 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 I checked my, well I didn't sure what, I checked my phone, which I hate doing. Um, but luckily there was nobody else in my screening, so. Um, but I did check my phone to see what time it was, uh, and, and there was 45 minutes left, and I thought that maybe half an hour had gone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to think of what I've actually given a 5 out of 5 this year. Spring? Um, uh, Sicario?
1: Sicario probably got a 5 out of 5 for me, as did Mad Steve Max.
0: Mad Max, Inside Out. Okay, I've got 5 5 out of 5 so far. It's not bad, though. And I mean, like, I'm, assume, I'm assuming the Hateful Eight will be a 5 out of 5. The, the Martian, I'd quite like to watch again, because I wonder if that might go up from a, a 9 to a 10. I really like The
1: Martian. I really like The Martian, actually, yeah. But I also I want to rewatch watch um, Rogue Nation.
0: Yeah, man, that's yeah, that's on iTunes next week. I am look, very looking forward to giving that a rewatch because I yeah, it was on iTunes next week. Next Monday it comes on iTunes.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I might be tempted by that at an iTunes purchase. Got some
0: extras as well, actually. So um, mm. yeah, um, the man from Uncle
1: might sneak. Well, I rewatched, I rewatched Man from Uncle, um, and it it's still ridiculously entertaining. That, yeah,
0: that <laughs> a lot of fun. film is really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got five, five, I've got five, five out of fives at the moment, and before the end of the year, we will do hateful eight, Star Star Wars for me, maybe actually, to be fair, but we'll see. Um, God, what else have we got?
1: The Revenant's not till next year, is it? Yeah, the year?
0: Revenant comes out like the week after we'll do our top ten of the year. Um, yeah. Um, what, there's what, not
1: that much out yet for the end of this year you know
0: yeah no I mean like, what, what are we actually going to be reviewing before the end of this bloody year then
1: Uh there'll be
0: you've got In the Heart of the Sea which looks really good I'm really yeah. Does that's the that, the Ron Howard the one that's the
1: last weekend of the year isn't yeah, it yeah
0: it's out on Boxing Day
1: there's also obviously there's the Star Wars we'll also be reviewing the night before I'm guessing yeah we'll do the night before we're going to be reviewing Love next week aren't we yeah
0: that's, I don't think that's
1: going to be a 5 out of 5. But. It, I, I don't know because, because of my absolute love uh, for Gaspar Noé yeah, films. Yeah, so. We'll see. Um, yeah. I, 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 End the Void, I think, was a, a 5 out of 5 for me. I absolutely <laughs> adored that movie.
0: Carol, I'm hearing really good things about. Um, that's out the week is after that the, e- the 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 Kate Blanchett, Blanchett. Rooney Mara one. I mean, the Blanchett yeah. factor is probably meaning it won't be a five out of five for you. But
1: I'm willing to give it a go. Oh, Krampus Yeah, I'm not as sure as the people. Are. No,
0: I don't know. I'm gonna start the guy the trick or treat. So I, I that think is good point. I've got hope there. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got I, I I like in the heart of the sea. I've just got a, a, a slow burn, good feel on that one.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like that could be the one that could sneak up and kind of surprise everybody as being, as being a film that nobody really is going, cause everybody at the moment is just going Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. There's nobody at the moment going, ooh, there's that Moby Dick film coming out.
0: Right, that fucker is out on Boxing Day and I'm really looking forward to kind of like the in-between Christmas and New Year period, just like checking that out and just like, like, bathing in it for a couple yeah,
1: of hours, you know? I, I I will probably go and see that, to be honest, probably on Boxing Day. I might, the, bo- the Boxing Day or the
0: 27th, I, I don't have yeah. to take myself out to go see it, yeah, for sure.
1: I, yeah. might, take, I might I I might might even go out, all three of us go out, uh, me and and Isabel go out to see that and then go for something to eat or something yeah, like that.
0: nice.
1: Mainly just so I can go and see it and have an excuse. Oh,
0: <laughs> no, fair enough. Um... But, yeah, so, no, I mean, well, yeah, there we go. So, obviously, top ten of the year stuff's going to be, like, coming up. But, uh, it, yeah, it's going to be an interesting list. Um, but, anyway, uh right, let's move on and do some uh what we've been watching. So, do you want to kick us off, Mark?
1: Yeah, I'll go with the – I'll I'll do a couple, then I'll let you do a couple, then uh, I'll come back and do a couple. Uh, I watched um, the 1995 Sandra Bullock film, The Net, um, the other day, I, Um. And was kind of saying to you know, I was scrolling through looking for something to watch, uh, and and came across the net, and jokingly said to Becky, "Do you want to watch the net?" And she responded straight away with, "Yes." And then you I
0: really absolutely had
1: to go with it. I absolutely did, and I was like, "Shit!" Uh, and then I was thinking, God, how how bad and how dated is this this movie going to going to be? Um, you know, because it's it's twenty years old, and it, it's a movie quite literally about the internet. Mm. And you know what? It, it, it's not actually dated that badly. The the technology manages to feel very much of its time. Um, so it, it, although at the time it was, it's not doing anything too futuristic at, its, at the time, uh, the net. It, it, everything it's doing is essentially what was around then. Uh, and the idea of the, the story is, I mean, you've seen the net, I'm guessing, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the net, Sandra Bullock plays a, um, She's like a computer programmer, uh, who essentially is, is sent, um, programs, uh, software, disks, anything like that, that have bugs or problems in, and her job is to, uh, find that bug, that problem, uh, and eradicate it, and then send it back. Uh, she works from home because of course it's the internet, so that's wonderful. Um, and so nobody in her office has ever actually met her. They've only ever spoke to her either online or over the phone. Um, she is taking a long about to take a long-earned holiday when a disc arrives, um, and she's asked to look at it. When she looks at it, she realizes that it's got all this code that's flashing up and all these things start flashing up and then she's got to work out what it is but she's going to do it when she gets back from her holiday. Uh, while she's on holiday, somebody essentially honey traps her and tries to take the disc and tries to kill her for what she might have seen on the disc, and then basically changes her entire um, life by replacing her with somebody else so everybody thinks that she's not who she is, that she's somebody else, and she's got a clearer name. Um it's it's a lot of fun actually. To be honest, I quite enjoyed it. It's a it's a nice kind of flashback into you know that era of um, sort of pre CGI uh, action films where the threat of cyber terror was was still sort of very much alive and very much an an alien thing and this exotic thing that was going to happen in the future and you know what was going to happen to all of our information and everything like that. Um and you know there's a great moment where she's ordering pizza online and it's like fucking wow and now when you look at it you know if a company doesn't let you order pizza online it's probably fucking a little bit shady and you shouldn't order it It, it, it's kind of got like that it's 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 but it's a it's a good kind of look back into the early days of before everybody had a PC and before you know you had essentially a computer in your pocket at all times Um, it's but. It's a lot of fun it's there's there's a lot to to enjoy it, it's i watched remember uh, talking about um disclosure that I watched uh last year or earlier on this year uh, and that has um sort of this, this, they're working for software companies there and that is a um sexual politics in the workplace film but that the technology in that has aged horribly. Whereas in this movie, which is a movie about the internet, that's called The Net, mm. hasn't actually aged that bad. So I was, I was quite surprised on that.
0: Fair enough. I'm, I'm rather surprised by that as well. You should watch Hackers next. Well,
1: yeah, actually, I, 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 I might. I have a feeling that will have aged terribly. Um, but then again, I did think about The Net, and I was actually quite surprised as, well, no, they're using... They're using floppy disks. They're using code. They're using these things, but they're not. They're not talking about it like it's futuristic. They're talking about it as if it is the things that they can do with computers now, and they're talking about the things that we'll be able to do with computers in twenty years' time. But also, you know, the the alarming points about computers uh, for, for all of our information being stored there is still is still an issue now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. I mean, good on you for
1: watching it. Another one I I watched. I watched uh, last night, which is a film from this year, uh, is American Ultra. Uh, Oh,
0: okay, sure.
1: Directed by Nima. Who directed Project X? Oh, is well, well, okay. Uh, and written by, uh, Max Landis, who, yes, is John Landis' oh, son. Can I
0: just say, if people hear Lottie in the background and I like, just said the C word, she's downstairs, she's just being quite loud, sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, it starts Jesse Eisenberg, Kirsten Stewart, Topher Grace, Connie Britton, Walton Goggins, John Leguizamo, and Bill Pullman, literally blink and you'll miss him, Bill Pullman, um, if you've seen the trailer, um, that's pretty much what it's about. Jesse Eisenberg plays a stoner who lives in a small town with his girlfriend, uh, played by Kirsten Stewart, who also is a little bit of a stoner. Uh, and then he's activated, and you find out he's like a super agent who can do all of these things, but he's still a stoner. Uh, and all these people are trying to kill him, but he's a stoner. And so he can do all of these things, but he can't understand it because he's a stoner. Uh, and that's about kind of it, really. Um, if American Ultra was anywhere near as smart or funny or um, cool or hip or anything as it thinks it is, it would quite simply be the greatest film ever made. Uh Instead, it looks like shit. The script is... Fucking, there's moments where it goes ah, we got you, and you go no, you, no, you didn't. didn't. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah,
1: no, you didn't. Um, the makeup is fucking hideous, oh, wow, okay. which is something that should never be said about a movie. That there's points where you look at it going, oh, oh my god, what what have you done there? It it just looks weird. Uh The performances are eh, eh. Everybody just looks like they're everybody looks like they're having too much fun with it, but not in a fun way, in a oh look at what I'm doing kind of way. Yeah. Um it's Jesse Eisenberg who can can sometimes come across as being a little bit too smug and a little bit like he thinks he's better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And when he does that, it's very easy to dislike him. And he does that a lot in this movie. Yet you're supposed to really kind of get behind him and like him, when in actual reality you you don't really. The kind of the person who you like probably most in the movie is Topher Grace, and he's the bad, he's the bad guy. guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: fine.
1: Yeah. Um, the The action set pieces are pretty crappy. Uh, it goes way too over the top, and essentially, it 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 feels a little bit. I don't know, like, like somebody at a studio owed John Landis a favor, and went, "Can you just fucking make my kid's movie? You owe me, make my kid's movie."
0: Well, he also came out like after it bombed in the US, he came out and said, "Oh, you know, you just can't get made uh, anything original made anymore." And now it's superhero films and blah blah blah. And it's just a bit like, well, no, why didn't? It would help if you wrote a film. That was apparently good, and maybe it made money. Because you know what, you wrote Chronicle. Chronicle was good, and it made money.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, you, didn't, I, didn't I, you I, write the story just, for
1: Chronicle. Uh... Sorry, did he write the whole script for story, Chronicle? Or was it just I'm a story the he wrote? Screenplay. Yeah, um, but yeah, the the screenplay for this is brutal. It's it, mm. it, it's it's terrible. He he very much he, he, I, I don't know from and all I know about this kid is the fact that he wrote. Um, this and Chronicle, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if on the set he he did utter the. Um, no, yes, he did. He did write the screenplay. It was uh, he wrote the story with Josh Trank. Okay. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he, at any point he actually did say the words. Do you know who my dad is? He, to
0: he's a cunt as well. Like he is, is like, on Twitter. He's like he's. It, it, he's very, he he's looks rather like a misogynist.
1: Oh my god, that doesn't surprise uh, me.
0: Yeah, and like, I, I don't know, I've seen some tweets from him which have made me feel a bit sick in the past, yeah. and uh, yeah, i it,
1: Yeah, it's- When, when the best thing about your film is, um there's a, there's a good scene in Walton Goggins. That's about it. When the best thing about your film is John Leguizamo essentially just turning up and being John Leguizamo, when that is the best thing about your film, you should be really fucking worried because he's in it for maybe four or five minutes and the rest of the time we're supposed to get behind Jesse Eisenberg, who quite literally just just goes... uh, Like that all of the time. Um, It's a piece of shit of the highest order um and if um it, I, I cannot understand for the life of anyone like it it's crap
0: fair enough yeah I'm not I'm not going near it
1: don't um yeah I'll, I'll let you go because I've got I've got a couple of other other ones uh, one which is really fucking surprising
0: oh okay alright interesting um okay so I, I, yeah I mean I briefly mentioned I watched the social network and you know it's the social network um and I watched uh, Chicken Run um today uh because I just stuck on something on uh, Netflix for for Lottie to stare at for a bit and I ended up just watching the whole thing and she went to sleep um so um yeah I i, I rather like chicken run there's not much to say about it it's just it's, it's quite fun um there's some solid visual gags and like like corny jokes as is the ardman thing and uh, yeah it's it's fun it's like 80 minutes so you know um so yeah the first thing I'm going to properly talk about I've got free to talk about in some detail so i'll do two now and then like one at the end um yeah so me and earl and the dying girl
1: oh all right
0: yeah um so which is kind of like a bit of an indie darling this year but i don't think it did mm. too much at the box office but um i'd say it's worth checking out um basically story is you've got this um <clears throat> pardon me this kid who um the me of the title who is getting through high school life and um he's got a thing where he kind of like he's slightly in with all the crowds but not fully in with one of them so it's like everybody kind of likes him but generally just kind of leaves him alone um yeah and he he is uh, he and his friend earl uh, just kind of like during their lunch breaks will sit in their history teachers um uh no their sociology teachers classroom and uh watch Werner herzog films and they make shitty what remakes like sweded remakes of criterion collection films complete with like illustrated uh, artificial criterion covers and things like that which yeah it's it's kind of interesting um and basically um the me of the title um uh, uh starts having a friendship with uh, rachel uh, played by olivia Cook, the dying girl of the title. And uh, she's got leukemia, and it's basically them striking up a friendship and her uh, meeting Earl, and it kind of goes on from there. Um, yeah, I mean, I really liked it. One one complaint that I do have is that by the end, it feels it kind of feels weirdly dismissive of the dying girl. Um, it, it it kind of it it all it is all about the lead guy. Uh, and it kind of, it Olivia Cook's performance is is strong, and the screenplay gives her enough to do that it doesn't feel like she's just the unattainable object or anything like that. But it, it's kind of weird how it kind of resolves itself as everything kind of being in service of him. Um, I I, I, I it, it left a slightly Bad taste in my mouth, which I really don't think there was supposed to be. Um, but it is genuinely funny. It's very sweet. Uh, the direction is top notch. The the director knows when to go with the quirky and when to just leave it. And this, yeah. this could be indie schmindy bollocks, but it's not. Um, yeah, that's good. It, 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 that,
1: that was my worry about it.
0: It straddles the line quite well. There's one scene where it's kind of a locked off take, a rather intense conversation between the me and the dying girl that kind of just evolves into something tense. And the camera doesn't move and just the, the, the placing of the, the the two and like no like music in the background. It's really, really well done. Um, it does. It does have the tang of a first time filmmaker, I really, really like my Wes Anderson type stuff, um, mm. but I think it gets away. It, it gets away with, with it by not being all quirk all the time. Um, it's not *Submarine*, which is a film that I think is. It, it was. I, I liked *Submarine*, but I kind of think it was sank by just how much R- Richard Ioadi liked Wes Anderson.
1: Um, submarine is one of those films where i really liked it when i watched it i never want to watch it again
0: yeah no i've got no interest and it it feels like already nobody talks about submarine it was like the hot film for a couple Mm. of months yeah and then no one talks no one's ever talked about it again or something um but yeah and, and nick offerman's in it um as the lead guy's dad and um he, I I don't know. He's Nick Offerman kind of being Nick Offerman, which I'm okay with. Uh, so yeah, uh, that that's all I've really got to say on that. It's 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 worth a go, I'd say. Ah, cool. Um, but oh, but eight million dollar budget and it only did six million in the US.
1: And it did a few million worldwide. I think it's 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 made back its its production budget. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah,
0: that's uh, yeah, okay. Um okay and i will move on and the falling uh so the falling this is directed by carol morley who directed uh stories of a life which was quite a kind of a hot slight semi-fictional semi-documentary thing a couple of years mm. back um so yeah this this got this has been getting a fair bit of notice it kind of feels like one of those ones that's going to do well at the british independent film awards and everybody's going to congratulate it there and then that's going to be it and no one's ever going to talk about it again um <laughs> story is uh Maisie Williams and Florence Pugh play um best friends in a kind of an all-girls school Florence Pugh is uh a, a good looking girl who knows she's good looking and uh, kind of flaunts it and Maisie Williams is the slightly more kind of dowdy younger like younger looking friend who uh, uh kind of envies her friend um, stuff happens and Florence Pugh's character dies. And uh, then the girls at the school um, start um, doing these weird things where they kind of start dancing and then fainting. And uh, then one of the teachers starts doing it. And uh, the, the question is, um, is something supernatural going on, maybe connected to the death of Florence Pugh's character? Or are these just a bunch of hysterical girls led by a girl played by Maisie Williams who maybe should know better? Um, It's basically like Picnic at Hanging Rock meets Black Narcissus. Um, All right. But very shrill. (laughs) I, I will say I watched it on a sick day from work where I just had stomach ache. And it was a weird, it was a weird sick day because I wasn't throwing up and I wasn't having diarrhea, my stomach just hurt. So watching The Falling, which is a very idiosyncratic montages of girls doing trippy dancing and then falling with loud, like, floral music in the background, it kind of feels like if Florence and the Machine got really drunk Sound and decided to soundtrack something. It sounds
1: horrible. Um, (laughs) Honestly, it's just what you're describing just makes me go, it
0: sounds fucking horrible. The thing is, I'll give it a mild recommend because it gets the air of hysteria quite well. And there are a couple of the girl characters in it, the kind of the more level-headed ones, who are just like basically going through the whole film, just going like, this is bollocks, stop it. You're being a bunch of twats, basically, and I quite I quite enjoyed that. Um, but the thing is, I can I spoil it?
1: Yeah, fuck okay. it. Okay.
0: So Maisie Williams's character, her mum, like just doesn't ever step outside. Uh, she 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 just um uh, she's a complete agoraphobe and and, and just always stays inside. And throughout the whole film, Maisie Williams is kind of having a go at her for, like, not being there and never going outside and blah, 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 blah. And Williams, it, like, basically starts all this fainting bollocks because she wants attention. And Hmm. all the other girls start doing it because they essentially want attention as well. So Maisie Williams' character is a twat. Yep. And... At the end, it's revealed that the reason why the mum doesn't go outside and why the mum is disconnected with her is because she was the victim of a rape. And the attacker impregnated me, not Maisie Williams, impregnated the mum and Maisie Williams looks like the attacker. And it's you want at the end of it, you, you get this revelation and it's like. What's that got to do with the dancing and the falling? And 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 what does she do after? She runs off, climbs up a tree, falls into a pond. And then her mum gets her out of the pond and they have a cry. (laughs) And the thing is, I gave it three out of five. And thinking about it, I've got no fucking reason why I gave it three out of five. Because it's as annoying and as just kind of bollocks as i'm saying it is but okay it, it did the atmosphere struck me and the mo there were moments through the film that got my attention but me i mean Maisie williams's character is an idiot and by the end i didn't get get any real sense that there had been any growth there or any journey it was just, she's a twat at the start, she's a twat at the end, and I felt really sorry for her mum for having to put up with it.
1: Uh. Yeah, you, you're not, you're not selling it to me.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, it's like, one of I don't know, but it's been really, really, like, really praised.
1: Yeah, that's because it's got Maisie Fucking Williams in it.
0: I do have to wonder.
1: It is. There's no getting away from it. It's got Maisie fucking Williams in it. and Because she's, apparently, as I understand, very good in what is it, and she, she speaks very well um, about things and stuff like that. That She's, she's hot shit right now. Um, so any film that has her in, and fuck it, any British-made film that has her in it that happens to be a period piece, fucking hell, that people will lap that shit up. It, 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 that's the reason why people are fucking going about
0: it. I will it. say, Florence Pugh... Is very good. She's only in it for about the first half hour or so, but you can see why she's the girl that every that that is that is the center of gravity mm. um, through like personality and and looks as well. Um, and I mean, I like it's. I, I I don't know how old she is in actually. I'm going to have a look how old she is in real life. But um, there's some there's a couple of sex scenes with her, so I, I'm, I'm assuming she's. Of, of age, age yeah. Um, okay, it doesn't bloody say on IMDb, but it's, I mean, she's a striking looking girl. It's not, oh, I want to fuck the shit out of her kind of thing. Hmm. She's just, she's, she's a good looking girl. Um, but she's also nice and charismatic and it, you get that sense why someone would go, would, would be, like, would want to be with her in, in whatever sense. But she gets taken out of the picture, and then the lead is Maisie Williams. And I'm I'm not a massive fan of Maisie Williams. Uh, I, I I I find I I I don't know I I find her quite one note chip on her shoulder.
1: Yeah, I could agree with you on that one. Um,
0: and, 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 yeah, so it's not great. To be honest, I find
1: I find the vast majority of the cast of of, of, of uh, what's it Game of Thrones to be that to be honest.
0: Yeah, I can see. That's, it. Why, that's why I don't fucking watch it. Yeah, I, but yeah, I, I, but I mean, it's the thing is, Carol Morley's direction, I th- I think is actually all right, even though the the the, the 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 there's about a twenty minute period where it feels like all it is is music playing, where while girls just randomly faint. Yeah,
1: just fucking sounds horrible. <laughs> I kind of want you to watch it. To I, 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 I kind of want to watch it now, but I know that I would go, why? Why? Uh,
0: but yeah, that's the falling. I've only Ooh. got one other to do, but I mean, if you want to uh, do yours.
1: I, I'll throw mine out there. They, they, they won't actually take it that long. Um, actually, but...
0: actually, sorry. I will just say, sorry, I'm just going to do it. Back in time, the Back to the Future documentary, everything Mike said on Shin Chintro- Stroker vs. Punter, I agree with. It's not great. It's all over the place. It's really messy. I didn't learn all that much. It was kind of a waste of time. They're done.
1: <laughs> cool. Um, I, um, uh, rewatched Quantum of Solace, wanting to rewatch it, uh, before I saw, um, Spectre, but didn't, because uh, quite simply didn't get a chance. Uh, but then I had a day off on Friday, re- uh, midweek day off on, uh, Friday. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch Quantum of Solace um, because unlike everybody else on the planet, I actually remember quite enjoying Quantum of Solace. So I thought I'm going to rewatch it to see if actually that, I, I was mad and it was actually a terrible movie, uh, and that I've just, I've remembered certain elements of it, uh, more favourably, uh, than, than others have. Um no, I, I really, really like Quantum of Solace. Uh, I, I honestly cannot see fucking people's problem with it. Um it's, it's Bond on a little bit of a revenge mission being a bit fucking moody, Um whilst people tell him he's being moody and he goes, I'm not being moody. I'm not being moody I'm fine." Whilst, whilst all the time he knows I'm being moody. It, it's, it, it literally, it is, which is what people who are going through what he's going through are, are gonna be like. It's, it, it's, it's a very good, I think, accomplished piece to, to Spectre, uh, in the terms of it's, you've got the first one is, he's this cock new agent, and then you've got this one where he gets, he gets broken. He's essentially broken at the end of Casino Royale, and this is him being broken, and essentially, he's got a mission, but it's become a fucking revenge mission for him, just because it, it, he's got that, that license skill that was brought about with Spectre. And then you've got Skyfall where, it, you know, it, it, it takes another fucking kick with um with the death of, of, of M and then Spectre is the the outfall of, of all of all of that. Uh but yeah I it's it looks great, it sort of sweeps around different venues, it ticks along I personally think at a nice pace. Um there's some great kind of moments of th- that that bond levity that we spoke about uh that Spectre um didn't have as much as something like Sino Real did, where you've got the great moment where um, where, you know, where he's, he's essentially comforting Vesper. Um, there's a couple of moments in this. I think I still think that the the moment where he's... where Mattis um, has been shot and Bond essentially is essentially just holding him oh, while yeah, he dies. Yeah,
0: in the street, yeah.
1: And then he picks him up and Throws him in a, in a, in a, yeah, in a, in a dumpster. And then Garganta says, "You know, is that how you treat your friends?" And it's just, a, he wouldn't mind. He, his response is, "He wouldn't mind," but it's it, you can see within Daniel Craig's performance that that is another thing that is adding to this this rage that is building within him, um, th- th- that's going on there. And it's. Again, it all filters back through to the the driving force behind this this current sort of incarnation of Bond is is how good I think Daniel Craig's performances of Bond are. I think he's again he's fantastic in this film. Um, it's another crap villain. Um Dominic Green is not a great villain at all. It's it's quite amusing watching uh Matthew Arnick um uh, waving an axe around and essentially just screaming wildly <laughs> as um Bond is just kind of going What hang on a minute and all I was thinking throughout that was this is a little bit like if James Bond was having a fight with Arnie Ziff.
0: Yeah, that's very, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, like, the most intimidating thing about Matthew Almerich is his eyeballs. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. It is that. And I was, and once I saw that, I thought, oh god, he's just Arnie Ziff now. <laughs> in my head.
0: Oh, that's good. Um,
1: Redubbing with his yeah, voice. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I, 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 I still really like Quantum of Solace. I think it's a great film. Which has now made me go, do you know what? I've watched Skyfall uh three times and I don't get it. I don't get the love for it. And I'm now at a point where I'm going, do you know what? I'm gonna watch it again. I'm gonna give it one last go to, to, to kind of to win me over as the only person on the fucking planet uh, who doesn't think it's it's magnificent and see if I, if I just if it's just caught me in the wrong mood occasionally. So I'm gonna give Skyfall a go this week to see how it goes. Um, the other film I watched this week was I watched it because it was 86 minutes long. That's good. And I needed to watch something that was under 90 minutes because I started watching it at about 11 o'clock at night. Um and I watched it just because I happened to scroll past it and go, uh, my missus is a huge Stephen King fan. It, so- it sounds
0: like you're, you're making excuses for something, but I am. Okay.
1: I am. Absolutely. my i is a huge Stephen King fan. And I came across a film that's called You Can't Kill Stephen King. And it's a comedy horror movie from 2012, directed by three guys. Two of them are in it. This is the story, right? You've got a guy called Monroe, who is one of the guys who directed it, and a girl called Hillary, uh, who are brother and sister. And they discovered they they've inherited a lake house from their grandparents. Uh, and they're going to go with their friends... Um, who is Monroe's on-off girlfriend, uh, her friend who is, guess what, a little bit kind of slutty, their token black friend, and their other friend who only Monroe actually likes, who is a massive Stephen King fan, who's only going because um, the town that the lighthouse is in is the town that Stephen King apparently lives in, and he thinks he might get to meet Stephen King. Hmm. right? They go there, and they each keep on getting picked off in ways that are written in Stephen King books.
0: Right, okay. Right? Ah, okay, that actually sounds interesting.
1: Now, I watched this and said to, said, to Beth, said look, we'll give it a go, because it sounds like shit, it sounds like a terrible comedy horror movie, um, but it's only like 86 minutes long which means it's 80 minutes before credits so how bad can it how bad can it really be um it's actually really quite good actually um it's it it starts off with a girl running wearing nothing but a ripped t-shirt and a pair of underpants and then she stops screams at the camera and then gets hit in the face with a spade and then we're introduced to the six characters. The six, yeah. Six characters. Where it introduced them and then throws up a title card that explains who they are. But they're essentially it explains that they are just stereotypes from horror movies. And that kind of ticks along throughout this it it kind of it plays on um Stephen Kingisms, it plays on sort of constant horror tropes and the stupidity of horror and all that but in a really in not a we're so much better than this and look at this kind of way it's more in a a very much a playful kind of nudge nudge yeah, yeah, yeah. get it guess what's gonna happen for instance they all when they get to um, they have to rent a boat to get uh, across to the lake house uh, they stop get out of the car and all the girls go oh my god a creek and just start running towards it throwing off their um, clothes and nobody bats an eyelid at this. Mm. And there's little bits that go on throughout that, that are just like that throughout the film. Um and I'm gonna say it, it's a recommend to be honest, because okay. it, it's a lot of fun. If it was anything more than 80 odd minutes, I'd be saying, don't bother. But, it's not. Where'd you find it? It's this? a lot of fun. Uh, I, 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 I absolutely didn't find it on a tournament oh, no, site, okay, I can okay, tell you that right. now. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, it, it is, honestly, it's, I was, I was surprised. It's a three, a three and a half out of five, is what I'd say to it. Which, for a comedy horror, is not bad going. Hmm.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, I'd say that's actually not bad going at all.
1: No, it uh Especially one that was made for how little this looks like it was made for, but it still looks quite nice. Okay. Right, go on then. Give us your last
0: no, one. No,
1: no, no. It was back in time. I'm done. Oh, it's back in time. Oh, right. Cool. <laughs> okay, then let's let's have the fun begin. Okay,
0: it's Mark and Ian play with their lightsabers. Time, and it is episode two, Attack of the Clones. Again, written and directed by George Lucas, starring Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, um, uh, um Samuel L. Jackson, Frank Oz, Christopher Lee. Uh, who else? on it? I mean, that's, oh, there's, there's loads of people uh, in Rose it. Rose Burns in it.
1: Rose Burns in it. Jimmy Smits is Jimmy in it. Jimmy
0: Smits is in it. Yeah, of course he is. Jar Jar's in it for two minutes. Uh, Joel Edgerton is in Joel it. Joel Edgerton's in it, yeah. 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 And episode two uh, basically sees uh, what, like a decade's past. Um, Annie uh, is no longer Annie. He's Anakin. He's played by Hayden Christensen. He wants stuff fuck Padme real bad. And he has to wear her down by sounding whiny. Um, But there is a mystery going on and Obi-Wan, played by Ewan McGregor, is dispatched to find out who is trying to kill Padme slash Amidala slash what is she actually called? Um, Like, seriously, what is her name?
1: Uh... Senator Padme Amidala. Is she
0: actually Padme Amidala? So like, sometimes yeah. they call him her by her first name, sometimes her last name. Is that it? Yeah. Right. OK, fine. So, yeah, you uh, Obi-Wan is sent off to try and work out who's planning on killing, who's trying to kill Amidala, leads him to the planet of Geonosis, where he discovers that a clone army has been uh, raised um, for the Republic, despite the Republic not actually knowing really anything about it. Um,
1: episode two, Mark. Uh, you, I'm, you're going to struggle to argue this is a good film. No,
0: no, no, I'm not. Okay, well, I'm going to put it out there. It's not, it's, it's a very bad film.
1: It's a terrible film. <laughs> it is. It's a fucking terrible, 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 terrible film. It is quite simply one of the most boring things <laughs> I have ever had the displeasure of watching. It, it, I cannot believe it actually has a scene where Senator Armadillo and fucking Annie fucking Skywalker frolic in a fucking meadow, in a fucking meadow. It, it, it's a terribly dull, badly written, it is ugly as fuck movie. It, I, how can somebody have this much money... And this much freedom makes something this bad that people are still excited about. It is
0: horrible. The the thing is, I think... It's horrible. No, no, I'm not arguing that. I think the reason why people are are excited about Episode 7, a lot of it is because Lucas is not involved in the slightest. Apparently Lucas had some story ideas that were just flat out rejected. Like, good, Lucas is no longer... He is completely no longer a part of Lucasfilm. They don't have to do anything that he wants them to do. And it looks like they're not. He's he's very conspicuous by his absence in marketing and PR and whatnot. It is just Kathleen Kennedy is the head of Lucasfilm. You know, she was Steven Spielberg's producer for like decades and he did all right. Um, so it it just it's not in his hands now. And it's films like Episode Two that make you think, "Thank fuck."
1: Yeah, it is. It's
0: it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I mean, the thing is, Hayden Christensen, his performance here, which has got to be him directed, because he's not that bad. He's so emo elsewhere. No, yeah, but also, how. Amadala falls for him through this film is a complete mystery. Like, it, there's a scene where he's talking about how we just murdered a bunch of people.
1: Yeah. In corporate. Yeah.
0: And then she's all like, yeah, I want to do you so bad.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you were upset. It, 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 he's a terrible Jedi. Yeah, he,
0: he's a really, he's a really bad Jedi. There's no sense of him ever being likable. He, he just, his mood shifts all over the place. Um, uh, he's
1: creepy. Yeah, uh,
0: he's very creepy. You,
1: you get the feeling that if Princess Senator Armadillo didn't put out, he'd have raped the fuck yeah, out of her.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, it, it's. The thing is, with episode three, there's a whole kind of like the crushing inevitability of it all which comes into it. But with with this, it's just you don't see how she'd fall for him. Mm. You, you just don't. Tell me this. Did you like Ewan McGregor anymore in this one? I did, yeah,
1: actually, okay. yeah. I, I, I did. I thought he, he, he came... Maybe it's because he didn't have that stupid... Padawan hair thing that I'm guessing is like a thing they have to have while they're Padawans. Um, I, I liked him a little bit more than this. I still think his um his Alec Guinness impression it, it grates on me uh, a lot because it does sound like an impression, but. Uh, I kind of got more of, I got his character a little bit more. He seemed a little bit more real than 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 essentially a bit of a cartoon character, which he seemed like in the first one. Um, he, he was the moments with him were a little bit with were, were, were a better moments. Of I lo- uh,
0: I liked his I I like into. his little sto- his little detective story. Hmm. Um, I, I even though I like how the Geo- no, no Gnosis, geonosis people. Like, just tell him everything. Even yeah. though he's like, So, what, what was my master's well, I, name? Yeah,
1: like, why, 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 why did I come here? You, um, <laughs> and he's like, yes, well, that is why I came. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah
0: it's stuff like that, which is, I, 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 I yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just the worst. Um, but, I mean, I, I do, I like the scene where all the Jedi come down and help in that pit thing.
1: Yeah, sorry. It, sorry, that is literally people moving their arms from side to side, yeah. and it, it should, uh, lightsabers seem to have no fucking meaning at You're all. Not. You could just do whatever you want, and it will, it will hit anything.
0: I like the look of some of the Jedi. I I I think the kind of the different races. There's some interesting ideas there. I I am mate. I mean seriously, it's not a good film. It is by I, I, for me by a country mile the worst of all of the films by like uh, by yeah, a country mile
1: not just not just star wars movies well
0: yeah <laughs> i i, I it, but the thing is i like the Ewan mcgregor plot um i like the bomb the space bomb things that kind of like just explode and then go Mow. yeah i i like those um i you know i'm damning with faint praise here um, I mean, the Yoda-Christopher Lee fight is one of the weirdest fucking things. It's just CG Yoda versus stuntman Christopher Lee.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's it, it very much by that point, I was like, oh, look at him, look at him, he can barely walk and in a few seconds, oh, he's going to be zipping about and dancing around with the fucking lights there, and then he'll be back onto the, ooh, hobbling around bit, which is just bullshit. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I, it's bullshit. I get that. I like bit, I, I like the score as well. I mean, again, like the Phantom Menace, I think Williams does. I, I like the main kind of like Amidala, Anakin, like score theme. And I like the kind of the score for the Clone Army as well. I think that those are good music cues. Um, but it, it is a chore to sit through. It's like two hours, 20 minutes long or something like that. And it, that, that's just brutal. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, How long is the next one?
0: I think it's about the same.
1: They're all all of them, with the exception of Empire, are all plus two hours out. Um,
0: no, I actually, I think Empire is as well. Star Wars is literally like 118 minutes.
1: Yeah. Is it? I thought Star Wars was was, was beyond three hours.
0: Three hours.
1: Uh, sorry, beyond, beyond, I thought Star Wars no, was no no. Like, I
0: knew it was like I literally a shade under two hours.
1: Ah got no, two hours five. There's a listing time. Really? Yeah, yeah. Avenger the Sith is yeah a little bit shorter than uh, Attack of the Clones. How
0: about.
1: Yes, Star Wars. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, uh, I've got 121 minutes on Wikipedia okay. and 105 on uh, what's okay. it? Okay, oh, all right, uh, fair
0: enough then. A shade just over, but yeah. Um. Yeah, a
1: hundred and forty fucking. How long is the fucking new one? Uh,
0: it's about two and a that's quarter. Be,
1: that's, 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 that's that's not too bad for modern fucking. It's just, yeah, like
0: these days, that's not too bad. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't have enough to get me through this one. The Phantom Menace just about manages to pull me through, but this one, no. It, fair enough, it doesn't. Um
1: mm it looks it looks yeah, horrible I as mean, well
0: the, the look of it is is really bad, just the, everything apart from the um Amadala some of the Amadala Anakin stuff everything's green screen like yeah brutally it, 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 green screen
1: it is and it's 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 that belligerence and insistence that this is the future uh from George Lucas that essentially has fucking ruined his movie
0: yeah i uh, yeah i mean it, it's that, that that shit's embarrassing like straight up yeah. embarrassing. But I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what you think of episode three, because I I, I just I don't think it's that bad. This only cost one hundred and fifteen million dollars. I mean, I know it was only like it was 13 years ago, but I, I don't know. It kind of feels weird that you're talking about a, a relatively recent Star Wars film that only cost one hundred and fifteen million.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is strange, but I suppose when your aesthetic is uh, an episode of the Power Rangers, then I think you can get away with it.
0: That's a fair point as well. 130, it's, 136
1: minutes is the new one. 136, that's, that's a reasonable amount of time, I suppose, I'm a, like I say, on a modern blockbuster. Um, I, I've I, been, again, I'm going to say this every fucking week, I really hope I like episode three. In the same way, I really hope I get on with all of them. Um, it's just, this was, this was beyond hard work. This was, at one point, I paused it and went, why's only 93 minutes gone by? What's going on? It was it was painful to watch at points. This I couldn't wait for it to end. I needed a pee for the last half an hour, and the reason why I didn't just pause it and go for a pee was if I'd have done that, it would have been extra time up until when it finished.
0: Mm. Well, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, it's 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 bad, and Hayden Christensen is terrible. Yes, he
0: is. Yes,
1: uh, but I'm you know I'm hoping fingers crossed. I've I've, I've From most people, I've always heard that the the third of the the this this prequel trilogy is the best of the three. So you know, the only way is fucking up.
0: I'm going to be very intrigued to see what you think of episode three because I I I think it's by far the best of the the prequels. But it's also because it's by far the one where shit actually happens and shit.
1: Well, that'd be nice. Shit actually happening would be fucking quite nice. Have
0: you, have you ever seen episode three? I
1: I, I have, yeah. Uh, I saw it when it came out, but uh, I, I paid it virtually no attention while I was watching it. Uh, let's say I was in a room while it was on.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: It's probably the best way I can describe yeah. it.
0: Okay. Okay, so yeah, definitely shit. Definitely shit. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's move on to the Twitter questions, which I believe you have. Uh,
1: I do, yes, give me two seconds, uh, and I shall get them. Uh, doop-a-doop-a-doop, bear ass. Right, uh, Tom, uh, at Mr. Tom Ripley, uh, Shia LaBeouf, has anyone ever been so pretentious while simultaneously possessing so little talent?
0: Uh, I, 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 don't know, I quite enjoyed it. Sorry,
1: I, I I quite enjoyed um, the the utter just ridiculousness of it. Yeah, is it, it, the fact is that it, it it takes it takes somebody with incredibly broad shoulders who has taken as much shit as Shia LaBeouf has over the past few years to go. Do you know what? I'm going to set up a live stream that is going to shoot my face as I watch all of my films. Back to back.
0: The thing is, I don't give a fuck what the point was. I it just I really like. What was the point? I really liked him genuinely enjoying surfs up. I thought yeah. that was amazing, and the the kind of like him reacting with embarrassment at the even Stevens film. I thought it yeah. was actually quite sweet.
1: It was. There was some great kind of moments of looking at it where you actually because the thing is you can't be one of the things i've had a problem with with Bluff in the past is he, he seems to be on and he seems to be playing up to the camera you can't play up to the camera for that long sat watching films um you can't control a natural reaction the even stevens thing was quite amusing the fact that he, he was clearly looking at it embarrassed but clearly kind of it, it was in a nice kind of way it was it was He clearly reflects on something that was quite enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think it kind of made him more human. The whole thing, to be honest, it kind of it takes away that whole kind of veneer of celebrity, and it 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 makes you think this is just a guy watching himself kind of reverse age on screen. I thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah, um, I I I I still think Shia LaBeouf's got a bit of a. A bit of a surprise comeback in him, not for the next few years. Don't get me wrong, but in ten years' time, he's going to fucking crop up in something out of nowhere, and people are going to go, "Where did that come?" You know come
0: what? Yeah, he only did Fury last year. You yeah, know, and so, he's perfectly good in uh, Fury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's decent in Fury. I just, uh, excuse me. He's. I mean, he's a dick, but you know, at the same time, it's it's stuff like this that's. Even if the concept of it's not very self-aware, I think watching watching his reactions to his stuff, I I, I thought was really rather telling. And I, I yeah, I, I I I have less of a problem with Lebuh than I did this time last week. I, good yeah, on him,
1: um, to be honest. The worst bit of it was the dickhead who spent a lot of time behind him, who essentially was dressed like Michael Pitt from the that. Gus Van Sant not... Uh, was it The Last Days, was it called? The not-Curt biopic yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Was dressed like that. Who goes to the cinema and wears fucking sunglasses? Somebody should have stabbed that guy... Well, in yeah. the face. I, I, uh,
0: I, I, could have, I could have done without... Quite so many. I went to the Shire, the blah, blah, blah... And wrote a piece about it. Oh,
1: God, I, yeah. We don't... You, you, you don't need to live-blog somebody's face... That he's been live-streaming. Yeah,
0: I, I just... I... I, I, I enjoyed watching it and coming up with my own. Oh, yes, yeah. I enjoyed on
1: dipping it. in and out every now and yeah. again to look to see what film he was watching and watched a little bit of it. I watched maybe in total fifteen minutes.
0: Yeah, of I, it. I was about the same, but I, you know, good on him. To be honest,
1: but it, it was it was fun. It
0: was an interesting idea, and I hope he never talked publicly about it. I hope he just lets it lie. Yeah, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, uh Ethan M. Barr at Ethan Barr 2 uh if you could split the life into three acts like the Steve Jobs um which three moments would you choose even though he
0: later said he kind of realized that might be a bit too personal a question which i
1: think we can i think we can kind of we can dance around the more personal yeah, issue
0: i mean i i i'll be honest with you i kind of thought that when he tweeted it the first time but um you know um i i like uh, i mean wedding day Lottie he was born well i think is, i mean if we're talking about cinematic value then i think the day i took a dump on someone's driveway when i was pissed um which ranks as one of my lowest moments in my life um <laughs> the day or the, or the night actually it was time that was i should say the night i ran down corn street in the Br- in bristol city center waving a dildo in my hand, and getting <laughs> chased by police. That.
1: So you're going for the comedy version of your yeah, life, then? Yeah,
0: And And then, I don't know, the day Lottie was born, I suppose, just as a, this is how someone progresses from being a fucking bellend to a man. Um,
1: <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, uh, bear uh me two seconds. But got to say be- Becky's going out, so I'm just saying bye. It's cheesy and um,
0: cheesy. Um, yeah. Think
1: what? Okay. Why are you um...
0: whispering, Bex?
1: I shouldn't like be on on what is it? <laughs> right. See you later, we'll check. Right. Bye, um, bye Becky. Sure, bye. Love you. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, yeah, mine. All right. We'll go for comedy moments in in mine uh, uh, as well then. Um, the moment where I once woke up in an old man's garage, uh, in the morning, uh, I didn't know how I got there, um, and he, um, he was, um, mowing his grass at the time, uh, and instead of being angry with me, he, uh, invited me in, made me a coffee, a bacon sandwich and gave me a lift back into That's town. <laughs> um, whilst also, whilst constantly laughing at the fact that I didn't know how I got there, um, um, number, Two, I can't say that one because it might get me in trouble. Um, number two, yeah, will probably be the the um, for sheer cinematic value, the day that I proposed to uh, Becky, where I. She saw, we saw a ring, uh, and it was an antique ring, uh, and I bought it, but I'd had to, we were both in town at the same time, so i had to go back to buy it, and she kept constantly asking me where I'd been and what I'd been doing and where I'd gone, where I'd gone in that half an hour that I'd disappeared for and left her uh, having a coffee. Um, and I was constantly trying to sort of batter off and saying, you oh, know, I, I did this or this or this, and I was just trying to think of really crap excuses because uh, I've I'd, I'd had it planned to propose to her that night in a restaurant. Uh, in the end, I just lost patience and proposed at a bus stop. Pretty solid, uh, and everyone clapped. Really? <laughs> nice. Yes, honestly, honestly, proposed at a bus stop, and every and it was a busy bus stop on a Saturday, uh, and and people stopped and and, and oh, clapped. Oh, pretty good. Uh, um, so there was that um, and um, what other one um, yeah, probably um, the day that isabel was 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 born um, just because uh, we had a, 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 a one of the, the, the uh, prenatal classes uh, that night uh, the night before she was born, actually. Um, and I got a pass for not going because England were playing in the Euros, in the Euro 2004 and were playing Portugal that night. Um, and at one point, whilst Becky was actually in labour, she actually turned around during the contractions and said, are you fucking seriously watching a repeat on BBC2 of the England match? Oh,
0: man, like, I don't know how much I would have been killed by Don if I ever tried something like that. I
1: was, I was like, well... I did miss part of it because you came back from the bursar class to tell me that they'd sent you home because you might be going to lay oh, sake, <laughs> So there was there was that um so yeah. Um rich kid uh I, I think Rick kid, no, rich I, can kid I, Can Rick I
0: can I just say obviously like if I was being serious my wedding day would be one as well like obviously. My wedding
1: day my wedding day would um accept the now wedding day went pretty much fucking pretty smoothly, really. Uh, but the most probably cinematic moment of my wedding day was when my dad, um, asked the limo driver that we were in to pull over at one point and said, a, my dad said this to me, and my dad adores Becky. Um, I know what you're gonna
0: say, yeah, this is funny, sorry.
1: There's a, there's a, we're kicking a roundabout here, um, you can go left and get married, or we can go round it and come back and nobody will think anything oh, bad guys. of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, legend, that is my dad, and he adores, but he likes Becky more than me. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that is that is my dad, and his he's been married twice, and he doesn't agree with marriage.
0: Yeah, my dad. Oh my god, I, I, I'm assuming my dad didn't agree with marriage by the end. Jesus Christ, three fucking times.
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's that. So that, that would have been in, in, in mind, but that would have been that, which again would have been a comedy moment. And also the fact that I didn't pick up my wedding suit until the morning of my wedding. Fucking
0: oh, you know, hell, everything went pretty much without a hitch in mind, didn't it?
1: It did. It, went, it was wonderful. It was brilliant. It was a great day. Yeah, that the, a only, the, day. The, the one amusing bit was where, I think, it was, was it your mum or your sister that you couldn't find just before the wedding? And you were shouting, oh,
0: where's it. my... Yeah, yeah, it was my sister. And she was like, she literally, start is... right in front of me, <laughs> she, wasn't she? She yeah. was right in
1: front of you, pulling your, your, the, the side of your suit. <laughs> that was a, a great moment. Yeah, your wedding was, was wonderful. Yeah. It was a brilliant day.
0: Uh, that was a, yeah, that was a fun day. Uh, so, uh, what's next? What have we got?
1: Rick kid, at Rich Gear kid, Fassbender, Boyle, and Sorkin is a movie dream team. If you're making your dream film, who stars, directs, and what is it about? The
0: the thing is, right? Fassbender, Boyle, and Sorkin is pretty much spot on for me. Maybe take out Sorkin, I mean Boyle, and put Fincher in there. But then, I mean, social Network. Yeah. I, 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 you know, that's that's it really. I mean, subject matter.
1: I'd like, I'd like, my movie dream team would be getting Scorsese and De Niro back to do a, another organised crime flick that will get, you know, that will get De Niro back on the fucking straight and narrow.
0: I, I, that's a good one. I, I would have liked, like Ridley Scott was talking about, like, him and James Cameron teasing up, teaming up to do an alien film at some point. I would have liked to have seen that you seen the fucking alien, uh, the Prometheus sequels had another
1: fucking name change? Ugh, oh, what's it called now?
0: Alien Covenant.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. off. Is that fucking Lindelof by any chance? Uh, no,
0: no, no, I think it was, it was uh, said been, in some interview the
1: other day. He's been fucking witting on about the fact that, well, why not I changed Alien, Prometheus to have been an alien prequel to have been a film of its own?
0: It's like, fuck off. Mm. <laughs> um. Yeah, alright, fair enough, I think that was that question answered anyway.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I'd go for, uh, yeah, that. Poor man. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that is all of our questions, yes it is. Sweet,
0: okay, um, so next week, yeah, uh, as uh, Mark mentioned earlier on, we are going to be doing Gaspar Noé's Love, uh, Hunger Games is out in the cinema, I, I as much as, it's weird, I really like the Hunger Games films, and yet I've got no massive motivation to actually go and see Mockingjay Part 2 in the cinema. And I like those films. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. I'm perfectly happy to wait. Um, it, is, it is
1: strange how how much the, the Hunger Games films have kind of... It, it's something now that people are just wanting to get they, out of the way. They feel
0: like they should have been done a long time ago.
1: Yeah. They? It does. It, it, it feels like it's getting in the way. Like it's, all right, I'll watch you. But will you, if I watch you... Will, will you go yeah, away now yeah
0: that's exactly it that's exactly it um, so yeah we're going to do Gaspar Noé's Love instead which will be interesting it's on um, Curzon, mm-hmm. on, on demand from Friday so um, I'm kind of hoping through Virgin Media they might offer a 3D version because if they do I'll, I'll, I'll stick it through my 3D TV but um, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see but yeah that, that should be an interesting one um, we'll also do episode 3 uh, Revenge of the Sith as well so um, yeah I think that's a about gonna do us, isn't
1: it? I think it will do. Oh, yeah.
0: So uh, I'm going to go for a pee and uh, watch, the, watch <laughs> the Strictly results. And uh, I'm not going to do that. No, you're not. And uh, <laughs> that's going to do it. Thank you very much for listening, and bye bye.
1: Bye. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Solid. Coolest foot as that was a as a fucking great yeah, so. yeah,
0: it was good.
1: Cool. Right, I am going to go and pee, and then probably have to let the dog out.
0: Nice. Is that a euphemism? All right, bud. Right. I should speak to you soon. Take easy. Bye. Bye.